Imagine that the girls are heading on a long road trip with the bride as the trusty driver navigating the journey and the bridesmaids, the passengers, along for the ride. They're headed for a destination that they're all excited to go to and they are thrilled about the opportunity to spend time together and just have some fun. If you haven't worked it out yet, this well-planned journey symbolises the wedding preparations from getting engaged to the wedding. So imagine a scenario where, as they're all cruising along, belting out the chorus to love on top, the bride turns to the bridesmaids and says, hey everyone, I'm going to need you all to chip in for petrol money. And then this doesn't happen once, but three or four times. Or the bride decides that they want to stop and spend a night in a cute town that's a little off your intended route, and this will add an extra day's travel and require, obviously, more spending money. And then there's the bridesmaid that decides to get out when you're three quarters of the way there. Was it something someone said? And the feeling of trust, unity, and companionship in the group takes a sharp dip. The unexpected challenges that arise in the road trip mirror the unforeseen costs financial commitments and other responsibilities that bridesmaids may encounter during the wedding preparations. And an unplanned or poorly communicated change in route, unexpected stops along the way or a new destination, is like when bridesmaids are unprepared for additional wedding-related events, undisclosed costs, or changes in the level of commitment that they're expected to give during the wedding planning process. I feel like this vividly illustrates the importance of transparency, understanding, and upfront communication from a bridesmaid's perspective, but also how crucial it is to be aware. As the person who's getting married, you need to be aware about what you're really asking of your family and friends when you excitedly propose to them to be in your wedding party. That sentiment of friendship, closeness and fun that you anticipate may not be reflected in real life. And at the extremes, I've heard of many friendships and family relationships that have ended up destroyed beyond repair when the fairy tale doesn't match what happens, when money, responsibilities, time and close relationships all mix into one high-pressure and emotional life-altering event. The stakes are high, people. So this week, I'm going to delve deep into the traditional role of bridesmaids and how they've changed, some examples of the costs you can expect as a bridesmaid, talking through what reasonable expectations are and how to communicate that, and my top tips for the bride and the bridesmaids they choose. It should go without saying, but I'm going to say it, These observations can apply to people of any gender who identify in any role in a wedding. But for the ease of recording this episode and listening to it, I'm going to refer to future brides and bridesmaids. So please know and recognize that some or all of this may also apply to other fiancés and their wedding party. But I've also got to add, from what I've observed over the past 15 years in weddings, is that it's more generally the women and those who identify as female who are expected to wear an expensive dress, shoes, have their hair professionally styled and makeup expertly applied, and either organise, pay for, or do DIY towards the wedding, that really get the short end of the stick. It's at this point that I salute and simultaneously give the middle finger to the usual requirements of the guys. Again, a stereotype, simplistic and sexist, but usually 
they rock up wearing a fucking suit and brush their hair. I mean, give me a break. Let's get stuck into it. Unbridly is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Let's start at the very beginning with what the expectations and costs were for bridesmaids some 10, 20 and even 30 years ago, remembering that that only takes us back to the 1990s. It was generally accepted that bridesmaids generously and graciously offered, first of all, pre-wedding assistance to the bride. After the engagement party, there was the bridal shower, and bridesmaids were responsible for organising and hosting the bridal or wedding shower. It's a pre-wedding celebration where the bride received gifts from close friends and family. And of course, the origins of that being that they weren't living with their future husband, wife, spouse. They weren't sharing a place they didn't already have, I don't know, the crockery, the glassware, the beautiful towels, all those sorts of things, things to put your home together. It was a shower to shower the bride with gifts to make her home. I know, it makes me cringe too. So next was the bachelorette hens or stagette party. So it depends on where you are from in the world, but you know what I mean. This is the last single hurrah. While bachelorette parties were not as extravagant as they can be today, bridesmaids still were required to organize some sort of social gathering or even a simple night out, penis straws optional, to celebrate the bride's upcoming marriage and to go out, dance, see a stripper, Um, paint some pottery, whatever floats her boat. And then came the dress shopping and attire. So assisting the bride, first of all, to get her dress. So bridesmaids accompanied the bride to choose her wedding gown and their own bridesmaids dresses. And they were expected to be supportive and offer feedback during this process. And in paying for attire, bridesmaids were typically responsible for purchasing their own dresses, shoes, accessories, This cost was considered part of the commitment to being in the bridal party, even if you never wear the thing again. Crazy, really, when you think about it. As far as emotional support goes, people thought less of bridesmaids, especially maids of honour, if they weren't there. You know, where? Everywhere. All the time. Bridesmaids were expected to provide emotional support to the bride throughout the wedding planning process, and this included help with decision-making, offering a compassionate listening ear, and helping to manage their stress. On the wedding day, the bridesmaids, maid of honour, they had wedding day duties. So in getting ready, bridesmaids were expected to be with the bride on the entire wedding day, so starting off helping her to get ready. This often included assisting with hair and makeup and ensuring the bride looked her best and wasn't stressed. So if the bride needs something done, you run, you do it. 
With ceremony assistance, bridesmaids had specific roles during the ceremony, such as holding the bride's bouquet, arranging her train, and participating in the processional, walking up the aisle, and recessional, walking back down the aisle, activities. They were needed for assistance with decor and other details. So if the couple were decorating their own venue, it was just understood that the bridesmaids would assist in decorating the wedding venue. So this could mean the day before, the morning of, setting up flowers, arranging centerpieces, ensuring that the overall aesthetic matched the bride's vision. And then there was assisting the guests. Bridesmaids were responsible for helping guests find their seats, distributing programs, offering assistance as needed, where needed. Then there were the post-wedding responsibilities. In dress preservation, bridesmaids sometimes helped the bride with preserving her dress after the wedding, helped with keeping track of gifts received and sending out thank you notes to guests, helping write them, helping address them, licking the stamps, doing the thing. My question then is, where is their fucking spouse? But anyway, it's important to note that while some aspects of bridesmaids' responsibilities have evolved over time, the core elements of emotional support, participation in pre-wedding events and assistance on the wedding day have remained relatively consistent. And so then, with that massive list, I mean, just hearing that alone, who has the time in this day and age to be doing that for someone else and not being paid for it? That's a job. And so let's have a chat about how the landscape of weddings is evolving And in 2024, we're seeing some real serious shifts coming out of COVID and also with the cost of living crisis. We're seeing a lot of different, I don't want to say trends because, you know, it's not a certain color belt or a certain highlight in your hair. We're talking about the evolution of a social gathering, essentially, due to financial pressures and needs of people around the world. So we're seeing now much more inclusive wedding parties. Couples are increasingly choosing people and their wedding parties, groomsmen, bridesmaids, flower girls, whomever, based on their personal relationships rather than adhering strictly to gender norms. So this has led to more inclusive and diverse wedding parties with bridesmen, grooms, ladies, best woman, brides dude, you name it, becoming more common. There are also smaller wedding parties. There's a movement towards not having as many people and not having them stand up beside you as well during the ceremony. So couples are opting for a more intimate group of truly close friends and family members rather than large traditional bridal parties. Always exceptions, of course, but generally this is what we're seeing in the industry more and more. This shift is often associated with the desire for a more personal and manageable wedding experience as well. When you have eight bridesmaids, eight groomsmen, and a scattering of little flower people and page boys, etc., it means that everyone needs to know what's going on and when. Everyone needs to be sort of coordinated to be dressing with the same look that you're wanting for your wedding. It takes a really high degree of money of time, and of communication to have a really big wedding party. There are also more flexible roles. So bridesmaids' roles have become tailored to the preferences of the couple. 
And couples are now encouraging more open communication about expectations, allowing bridesmaids to contribute in ways that align with their strengths and their availability. Are they in a certain time of their life where they're pregnant, having kids, just had a kid, just started study, just started a new job, moved across the other side of the country? It truly is something to keep in mind that their life has kept going while you're focused on this massive celebration of your life, of your love. There's also been a rise in virtual participation. So with streaming weddings and the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, bridesmaids may be involved in virtual pre-wedding events and ceremonies. And this allows distant friends and family to participate even if they're not physically present. One of the biggest pressure points in weddings at the moment are, as I alluded to before, and you know it, the financial considerations. There's a growing awareness of the financial burden on bridesmaids, and guys just don't get hit that hard with the big money stick. Couples are more considerate now, or they're becoming more considerate of their friends' budgets, and bridesmaids may have more flexibility in choosing their attire or participating in costly. Like, let's face it, they're not just supporting you. It's not just about your friendship or your, you know, relationship within the family. These pre-wedding events cost a lot of money. We'll get to that later. There's also more diverse responsibilities. So the concept of bridesmaid duties has evolved to accommodate a wide range of responsibilities. And while traditional tasks like helping with the dress shopping, planning the bridal shower, offering emotional support, they generally remain, but couples are more open to customization based on individual preferences. You know, if you've got that girlfriend who would rather pull her toenails out with pliers than go dress shopping, I think you're going to understand where she comes from when she says, maybe I might skip this one. And you go, great, I'll send you a photo. And she goes, awesome. (laughs) This sort of understanding of flexibility needs to be about both of you. Couples are placing a greater emphasis on open communication and collaboration with their bridesmaids. So discussions about the responsibilities, expectations, potential challenges, it's highly encouraged for everyone to be on the same page. The role of bridesmaids now, as I'm recording this in 2024, has increasingly been seen as a symbol of support and friendship rather than a set of rigid duties. I'm going to have to remember which episode it is, but in one of the episodes, I actually go through what the history of being a bridesmaid is, and it's not nice. They were servants of the woman getting married, and we need to move further (laughs) away from that, I believe. So couples are valuing the emotional connection and companionship of their chosen attendants, and cultural and regional influences are continuing to shape the way that bridesmaids are chosen and their expected duties. And bridesmaids now may have more flexibility, I hope they do, in choosing their attire with couples embracing a mix and match approach. So thinking we'd like all of our bridesmaids in some version of soft greens. Yeah, some floral, some print, some plain. Knock yourselves out, ladies. Can't wait to see what you choose. 
So let's have a look now at some of the typical costs that a bridesmaid can expect to encounter when they're asked to join a wedding party. You still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalized wedding vows unlike anything you've heard before that will make your fiance feel like the most loved, understood and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. <laughs> Instant download 17-page PDF ebook walks you through a step-by-step format for your vows, how to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiance, how to write that crucial first draft and create your final wedding vows masterpiece. So if you don't know how or even where to start, if you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them wedding vows, A-E-I-O-U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to-do list today. The link is in the show notes. In an article from Mamma Mia in 2022, 15 women calculated and shared what it cost them to be a bridesmaid with everything taken into account. And the costs ranged from $600 for a fairly low-key simple wedding to $4,400 for a destination wedding in New Zealand. A post in CBC Canada's Cost of Living section in 2023 detailed the six times that Brianne Davis from Calgary had been asked to be a bridesmaid. And the article states, Davis says beyond a bridesmaid outfit that can cost hundreds of dollars, there are other spending expectations like bachelorette parties, group activities, gifts and travel that can tally up to the thousands. Being a bridesmaid can be complicated because you're mixing friendship and financial circumstances. This is what's so tricky about it. It's not like at the outset someone hands you an invoice and they're like, will you be my bridesmaid? It's going to cost $2,500 all in, said Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez, who hosts the podcast Money Confidential. So let's break it down a bit. Let's look at what a bridesmaid is really expected to pay for. Now, of course, in different cultures, with different weddings and with different ways of being brought up, your family might do things completely different. But generally, the costs of being a bridesmaid within a wedding party are almost always absorbed by the bridesmaid, with the caveat of maybe the bridesmaid's accommodation on the night of the wedding might be sorted for them if they're staying in a destination. There might be a beautiful gift. Maybe the jewellery that the bridesmaid wears on the wedding day is a special gift from the bride. It's paid for, it's taken care of. But generally, the bulk of these expenses are expected to be borne by the bridesmaid. So let's start out with that outfit. So there's an outfit for the wedding day for sure, but you've also got to consider maybe pre and or post wedding events. So think about, you know, an all white or hot pink dress code for the bachelorette or the hens or a themed party where you've got to get dressed up. You've also got the rehearsal dinner. You might not need to buy a specific outfit for that. 
There might be a certain dress code for the bridal shower and there might be post-wedding celebrations as well where while there might not be a specific outfit, there will most probably be a standard dress code that you might need to shop for. So in addition to those outfits, you've got accessories and jewellery, you've got shoes, you've got having your hair done, and most of us are heading down to our local hairdresser and, you know, we might be getting some colour, we might be getting some foils, we might be doing things like that. But more often than not, in a semi-formal to formal wedding scenario, you're expected to have your hair professionally styled, makeup likewise, and then your nails. Could be requirements around that, depending on how far the bride goes. I've heard of some brides requiring their bridesmaids to have a tan. Hopefully, we're going with an artificial tan, a little spray tan. And then the cost of the events. So the bachelorette or hen's party, pulling that together, nine times out of 10, paying for it and covering the bride for it. So as I discussed at the start, it used to be just a night out. Sometimes it went for a weekend. Now they're getting a bit more extravagant and they're more a destination journey that you go with your bridesmaids to. That is a lot of money. We're dropping hundreds there, sometimes thousands. The bridal shower, you might be expected to set up a venue decorate it. You might be required to provide the food, cater the food, pay for the catering and or drinks as well. For the rehearsal dinner, it's unlikely that you'll need to plan it or arrange it, but you better bloody be there, bridesmaid. Think about travel. Whether or not you're driving to all these different events, you're training it, you're catching flights because you're on the other side of the country, you're also going to have to think about the pre-wedding events, the wedding, staying overnight, I'm hoping, and then post-wedding events as well, which is when the accommodation costs, hotels, motels, whether you're in a tent, they start to climb too. And then if you think about what I was talking about before with the support the bridesmaids used to need to be giving, the bridesmaids were expected to give. So you've got visits to venues dress shopping. And while these sort of activities might not take a lot of money, it all takes up time. And if you're, again, coming from interstate, overseas, how are you going to make these? How can a bridesmaid truly be expected to fork out this money? And then to top this all off with a bow, gifts. So I only recently found out, and I feel really bad, I've been a bridesmaid once, once, and I was a pretty average bridesmaid, to be honest. I did grow out my fringe to have the same hairstyle as all the other bridesmaids. Pretty proud of myself there. But I couldn't really make it to dress fittings because I was living interstate at the time. And I don't know if I didn't know or I just didn't didn't have any money at the time, but I didn't buy my friends a present. And I should have. You really should have. So adding on gifts individual or pitching in with others, you've got to add that to the list as well. And it's no surprise then, while this is getting up into the multiple thousands of dollars, and even sitting here now, explaining that, adding that all up, and thinking about what the hell the wedding's for, it seems ridiculous, right? Is is it just me? It's ridiculous to expect someone who loves you, 
to fork out that much time, energy, and money to celebrate your relationship. It's gone beyond. It's way beyond what's reasonable. So I want to talk about these expectations and communication. It all has to start with the person who's getting married deciding, first of all, whether there should be a wedding party at all. Because it doesn't mean that the special people in your life aren't included in your wedding. It doesn't mean that you can't still make them feel special. And in fact, I've just finished a meeting with one of my couples. So as a celebrant, I'm marrying them later in the year. It's going to be a beautiful family property wedding. We're going to be under some gum trees, down a little path. It's going to be glorious. And my couple have decided not to have any wedding party at all. Now, when I first chatted to them about it four months ago, when they first booked me, they thought they were going to have two bridesmaids and two groomsmen. And I said, sure, fine. That sounds great. That sounds manageable. Chatting with them tonight, they had to think about what it means to be a groomsman and a bridesmaid in 2024. And the bride said, I've got these friends who are pregnant, just had a baby, and who have a one-year-old. I love them dearly. And it means more than anything to have them come along to my wedding, but to actually be able to look after their little kids and themselves, the one who's pregnant, so much more than putting them in a particular dress and standing them up the front with me, having them away from their children or feeling uncomfortable, being heavily pregnant during the ceremony. And she said it gives them an opportunity to share their love and companionship where they can, to give her gifts if they want to. And she's also going to have them come over as she's getting ready at her parents' place about an hour before with a bit of a fruit platter, maybe some champagne for those who aren't pregnant, and enjoying their time. And I said, that's brilliant because that's like a little VIP pass, right? You've got the lanyard, you come in, you go, I am a VIP person. And you get to spend that special quality time in a small group together, laughing, enjoying on the wedding day. You don't have to have a big taffeta bow on your ass to be able to do that. But I digress. So the first thing that we're doing is setting reasonable expectations and communicating with these people that we say that we love, setting realistic expectations and discussing financial constraints and finding compromises between them. Just because you want three bridesmaids, four bridesmaids, it doesn't really matter how many. It doesn't mean that they all have to do all of the things that they used to do. And you might go, do you know what? I'm good going dress shopping just with mum. That's fine, girls. I'll message you. Brilliant. You know, what are we wearing? What what are we going to wear? Wear your best dress. That'd be great. Are we having a bridal shower? No, we've been together for 10 years. Honestly, no need. Would you like to have a hen's party? I'd love to have a big dinner with everyone, but let's make it a joint thing. Let's have one big hurrah night out with the guys, with the groomsmen. You know, you can change this to be whatever you want. You don't have to kowtow to traditions and customs that are hundreds of years old in a time that does not fit now and what we're doing. 
and what we stand for and what we truly value. So my top tips for the brides out there are number one, to clearly communicate your expectations. Don't do it straight away. (laughs) Please don't. Have a really good think about it. Go through the examples in this podcast. Go, okay, are we going to do the bridal shower? Am I going to have a bachelorette or hens? Will I be having a rehearsal dinner? What do I expect of these girls? What am I willing to fork out for? And what's the minimum level of commitment that I expect from them? You've really got to know what it means to you to have a bridesmaid, not as something cute for socials, but truly to elevate your friend or family member to a status that means they're going to have to commit a lot of themselves to you. What do you really want? And is it reasonable? And number two is to be considerate of your bridesmaids' financial situations. This money thing, I mean, it's out of control. It honestly doesn't take that much to get married. These are luxuries. These are not only not only the cherry on the cake, they're the 25th layer on the cake. It's not necessary and it doesn't make your wedding better. I can assure you, after almost a thousand ceremonies that I've officiated over myself, the ones where they spend the most are not the best. I promise those big budgets come with compromises. So please be considerate of your bridesmaids' financial situations and just their personal situations as well. What are they doing in their lives? Are they at a time where they really need the distraction? Or will it just be something they'll feel obligated to do and end up resenting in the end? For the future bridesmaids out there, my tips for you are, number one, know what you're getting yourself into. So the knot recommends that you have a really good think about your personal situation and your ability to be available for the couple and the wedding events. Are you able to swing the average cost of a bridesmaid's dress plus accessories Can you realistically afford a bachelorette trip? Can you commit to helping throw a wedding shower? Also recognize that being a bridesmaid isn't all about the money. Perhaps you'd like to skip the batch party, but can instead offer support by helping with certain planning duties or day of tasks. Talk to the bride first, work out what she expects, and then say yes if it works for you. Tip number two is to communicate any financial concerns really early on. So it might be that you have to drop one pre-wedding event and go to another and maybe contribute to something else. Be honest about it up front. They're your friend or family member. Tell them. Tell them if it's a worry. If that's the thing that's holding you back, let them know in any other circumstance you'd be happy that you'd be stoked to have this role and then the ball is in their court as to whether or not they're able to make any compromises. And tip number three is to offer assistance and support to the bride within reason. You don't have to be on call for the next, what, 12 to 18 months. You don't. You really don't. And so being clear, being consistent, letting them know when it's great to communicate and other times when it might not be. If you've got someone messaging you at every hour of the day or night, 
you've got to put some boundaries in place. It's your job to let them know where the line is and to let them know as a friend with compassion because sometimes your friendship is on the line. And so just to recap, my top tips for brides are number one, work it out. (laughs) Work out whether you really want and need bridesmaids. Then number two, clearly communicate your expectations. And number three, be considerate of your bridesmaids' financial and life situations. And for the bridesmaids, number one, know what you're getting yourself into. Number two, make sure you communicate any financial problems really early on. And number three, offer assistance and support to the bride within reason. Keep your boundaries. I'd love to hear about your stories and experiences or even questions about how to handle a certain situation when it comes down to bridesmaids, the expectations and the costs. So check out the link in the show notes for SpeakPipe. You can send me a 90 second audio message and yeah, ask me a question or tell me what you think about bridesmaids and how much it costs now. Or you can DM me on Instagram at Umbridely. Have a brilliant week, mate. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.